0: G'day everyone, it's Wes Leek here from Business Blessings and we're up to episode 10 of our Sacrificial Succession podcast. Our title for today is Orderly Chaos. Paul Rattare, welcome back. Thank you. So Paul, as we are just chatting before, I continue to see situation after situation where succession planning needs to come to the fore uh, and so the need for what we're doing and it's um actually like it's wh- why do you think people don't even think about this or it doesn't it's it it doesn't even seem to be on their radar?
1: It's interesting. Um, <laughs> and I know that's analogy, not where we're going in this topic Yeah, today. the analogy that immediately came to mind. I'm a hunter, so I often think in hunting analogies. But when you don't have night vision, not that I use it very much, but it's a really good analogy. When you don't have night vision, that is, uh, you know, infrared to be able to, or a thermal vision, which allows you to pick up the shape of the animal or the heat of the animal in the dark, you can't see anything. And I think it's actually a really good analogy because until you put those night vision goggles on or look through that night vision scope, you can't see anything. I mean, you might be able to hear rustling but the reality is on a dark night you see nothing until you put on those goggles and I suspect you know to some extent that's kind of what you're doing and it's what I did too Wes once I put those goggles on that's when I started to see the outline of the different problems or if you could say you know the animals the predators in the field before that You kind of had an idea that there was a problem, but you couldn't see anything. And so, you know, that's the challenge that we face is that people who don't have night vision can't see anything. They kind of, they know their fields are being picked (laughs) and that there are predators there and there are dangers. They can't see anything. And so in a way, it's putting on those glasses so you can or looking through those scopes and night vision so you can see. And it opens a whole new world. It's like, wow, <laughs> I never knew there were so many <laughs> dangers there. But it takes someone to tell you about those night vision glasses, doesn't it?
0: Absolutely. So, so, so this is the thing, and that's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast and things as well, so to train people and educate people about that. But people have to be willing to learn. Um, and go for it as well. And the part about the sacrificial succession, and we're going to talk more about this today in Orderly Chaos, is that they need to be prepared to do it as well and to put it into action.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, with what we talked about in our last um, podcast, uh, advance notice, uh, that was really clear in the sense that uh, Jesus gave them advance notice. Um, so they, in a sense, they had no excuse they still didn't see it by the way um, you know, they didn't see it coming uh, despite being uh, reminded many, many times, you know, Hey, I'm going to leave you. Hey, this is going to happen. We're going up to Jerusalem, but they didn't see it until afterwards. Um, and then, then they realized, you know, all oh, right, this is what he was talking about. Um And so it's really important to put steps into place. If you don't get your night vision goggles or your night vision uh, app, you can get one on your phone, um, or you don't buy a night vision scope, you're not going to see anything. Um, That's not a plug for this book, but it could be. But the point is, if you are not looking through the right glasses, you're not going to see anything. Uh, and it's tragic
0: absolutely the and and I I think we don't fully know the the ramifications of that
1: we don't but we only have to look you know we looked at some of those examples yeah. last week yes. um, yeah chaos
0: that's right okay so there's a good segue Paul to talk about <laughs> orderly chaos so the scripture you've Given us for today is one Corinthians fourteen thirty three. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace.
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting scripture that one, um, because it's talking about all of that sort of disunity and sort of all the voices that we hear. And God is not about that. God is about peace and bringing a peaceful outcome. Uh, And so, you know, if you think of the chaos that occurred, you know, when Jesus died, you think of the chaos that occurred when John the Baptist was beheaded. You think of the chaos that occurred when Paul, the apostle was imprisoned. And yet through the sacrificial lives that they led, but especially in the, in practical terms, the people that they prepared who were ready to take over from them, even though they didn't think they were, you know, that is what um, saved the movement Um, other than, you know, the hand of God and and the Holy spirit in people's lives. It was that practical preparation of people who could take over. And so it's very interesting when you look at the literature of um, the chaos theory, is that chaos, complete chaos, is contained by the actions of the agents within that? And interestingly enough, um, if you're looking at social systems, um, it's going to be the relationships, the strength of relationships between those actors or agents within that particular system or organization as we often call it or environment it's the strength of those relationships between those people that ultimately is going to be the difference between a collapse and a chaotic situation but it's still ordered and contained by that and if you think you know the greatest sacrifice that was made in history, uh, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that that was a completely chaotic situation. And yet that sacrifice, that willingness to sacrifice um, was what in a sense contained and controlled that chaos and made actually the greatest, the best news to come out of that tragic situation.
0: It, it, it's, it's incredible to think about that, isn't it, Paul? Like, and to let that soak in that a situation that was totally chaotic, chaotic yeah but God brought peace through it and yeah. formation of the world through it. They,
1: that's right. And, and you've got a, you know, the thing that I learned through looking at this is that there's both a practical implication here, as well as obviously a spiritual implication The practical implication is that it was Jesus's willingness to die that actually contained it, it. That was stronger than the chaotic environment and situation. And it's, it's interesting. If you look, um, through history, you look at some of the great thinkers, um, uh, Sir Francis Bacon, um, He talks about it's through indignity that the greatest dignity occurs. And it's very interesting if you think about it. The indignity of Christ's sacrifice is what brought the greatest dignity, not only to him, but to mankind. And it's interesting that if you look at the... um, research that's being done in that field of chaos theory systems theory they talk about a strange attractor i mean you know the 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 most easily understood one i notice my kids are fascinated my little guys fascinated by you know how iron tailings are attracted to a magnet um, but that's a really good example of what is it that becomes a strange attractor in a chaotic situation. Um, well, if you look at research, you look at practical life, um, what attracts people is sacrifice. It's that willingness to sacrifice. That's why, you know, we have Anzacs and Anzac day. It's remembering people who are willing to sacrifice their lives for others. Um That's why we remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ through communion. Um, And it's very interesting that that is the greatest attractor. It's a far, far stronger attractor, believe it or not. And we will get to that as well at some point. than blood, you would always say, oh, no, you know, families will sacrifice for each other much more than people who don't know each other. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. The research doesn't prove that. Um, and so it's really interesting when you look at this, that um, this willingness to sacrifice becomes the attractor. It's a strange attractor, but it is, is a very powerful, in fact, the most powerful um, element in bringing order to a chaotic situation.
0: So, Paul, there's there's been a lot of big words there. <laughs> Indignity, strange attractor. Um, the other one is medatory sacrifice. Yeah. Um, but what does that look like in practice? So sure.
1: yeah. Well, what it looks like in practice is um, let's use a couple of examples that some people will know from the Bible. And let's just use a what if. We've done this a couple of, what if something didn't happen. An example that I often think about is Paul the Apostle because he himself said, I was the last and least. I was at the un- unnaturally born. Um, what if the early church and Peter as the leader decided, you know what, uh, we're not going to accept this guy. Um, he reckons he's called to the Gentiles. No, I'm the leader of the church here. So um, no way. no, you can go back to the Arabian desert and stay there. Um, and yet what we see is that the, despite there being chaos, it was orderly because there was a willingness of those leaders to say, okay, uh, we're going to accept your calling, Paul, and we're going to send you out and we're going to support you. Um, not necessarily going to agree with you on all things, and they didn't but we're going to support you in that. Um, Think about Paul, the apostle um, preparing people like Timothy and Titus. What if he said, um, I'm not going to do that. You know, Crete, I set up the church in Crete. I set up the church in Ephesus. I'm not handing it over to anybody. I'm going to take control here. Um, Instead, he led through these people and ultimately If he hadn't done that, we wouldn't have had the epistles. Um, And a lot of this would have fallen over because he was imprisoned. You know, and we saw this in our projects as well, where there was a great reluctance on the part of the predecessors, the people who started our projects, oftentimes from different ethnic backgrounds to the people that they were handing over leadership to, there was a great reluctance for a variety of reasons to hand over leadership. And yet when they did and were willing to stay on to help them through the process, these new leaders, we saw strong and successful projects, despite again, very chaotic and very challenging Uh, situations. So there are examples of that. And it's interesting again, uh, you know, one of the um, examples that um, is, it's quite an interesting one uh, is that if you, you know, you look at, at um, the, there's a prophecy. um, uh, Most people believe it's about Christ But it says, he shall see his his offspring. Now, Christ didn't have any offspring in the natural sense of the word. Um, Yet this was a promise. Uh, And this is called, you know, uh, some people regard this as part of the apostolic succession, is that there were people that were um, prepared. What if they weren't prepared? Um, But they were prepared. Uh, And so these are the offspring that are talked about. We're not talking about natural offspring. These are spiritual offspring. These are successes that continued the work. And so for me, these are eternal, but as well as practical lived examples that we can look at. Um, And there's plenty of alternatives. I, uh, you know, I urge you, to do a little bit of research on some of the other great world leaders who are regarded very highly in history. There's at least another couple of great leaders who would be regarded by other religions on a par with Jesus as a man. Have a look at their successions and compare them and see who were the ones that were able to bring order out of chaos best and why they were able to do that. And I suggest that the first reason is the willingness to sacrifice. And the second reason is that willingness to have prepared successors. And by a mediatory sacrifice, which we know as Christians, the mediator. Well, what does a mediator do? They build a bridge between two parties. I bet you've done that. Before with. Many times. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's what a media, that's a mediator. Yeah. yeah. And the mediator in the case of a sacrificial succession is the person who hands over and continues the relationship between the successor and the next generation yeah. of yeah. disciple, the people that are being prepared. That's what a mediator does. And what What is so important about the role of the mediator, as you know, they are the ones that take on the burden. Christ took on our burden of sin. That's why he's the mediator. That's why it's so important to have a good predecessor, not a bad one, but a good one involved in that mediatory sacrifice because they build the bridge. between generations they're the glue that helps hold those generations together and so those are some practical examples of how important it is for this to to occur and how it brings order to a chaotic situation
0: so paul and we've talked about this before in the other podcasts is you really got to have the predecessor or the, the current leader if they haven't got a succession plan in place? really has to have a mindset that this is this is the way forward to doing that and and but that sacrifice like it sounds like it's a hard thing we are given up so much but actually what you're giving up is going to come back multiple times to you because you're it's, it's going to propel forward all the work that you've been doing and the stuff that you're aiming for and doing that as well as trying to think about the words here uh, to get it out because it, it would really expand what you what you're on about doing rather than contracting and some people think but hang on if i've got to hold on to this so tightly the rain because i'm the only one who can do this and um, but yet it actually brings um, contraction rather than expansion
1: yeah yeah absolutely um, you know and that that verse that I, I was thinking about before uh, talking about, you know, he shall see his offspring or the original says he shall see his seed, but that's what it's talking about uh, is, is offspring. Um, the greatest joy. I mean, certainly that, that I've found is seeing um, those uh, successes, you know, succeed yeah. uh, like what Junior shared, you know, in the beginning Is that, uh, you know, he was so encouraged to see something happening that nobody expected would happen because they were immature, traumatized, first generation believers. You know, everything was going against them, just like um, in the situation with Paul and the Gentiles. I mean, most of them weren't traumatized in in that sense, but uh, they were not uh, prepared for um, Christian service, if you like, like Jewish people who had generations upon generations of good teaching and and leadership and, and theology and spiritual input behind them. And yet Paul realized the only way to bring order to chaos for the Gentile project was to get Gentile successors, yeah. you know. Um, we, we would think, well, that's kind of a no-brainer. You'd be surprised how uh, often um, people completely disregard that.
0: Uh, exactly. And, and this is uh, um, for, for anything to move forward the previous generation needs to sacrifice something for the next generation. We've seen that again and again and again, haven't we? Like even just in the yeah. natural for that to take place, but yet the joy that you get in seeing that next generation move forward and go way past where you could ever gone is, is, is immeasurable.
1: It is, but you've got to do it and you've got to take that step and, and, that step of faith as we've discussed is a really challenging one you know it's not easy Uh, we don't naturally have faith in the next generation Um, and so it's a it's a huge challenge uh, especially when you don't believe that perhaps they are of the caliber that you are Or what if Paul the apostle applied that Um, perspective or principle to timothy and titus they got no chance they're nowhere near his caliber that's a reality Um, i don't think he thought like that at all
0: But, but this is the whole process around the sacrificial succession is that we're actually training them up so that they are in a place of having the capability to do that but then there's also that time when you've got to let people step up because it's not until sometimes that predecessor is removed that they're fully able to step up and do what, what God's called them to do. Yeah. And we've
1: seen that, you know, you ask for practical examples. I mention a couple of examples in the book, Uh, Mike and Pete are two examples. Um, They stepped back and in a sense, they led from behind one in a, in a corporation, another in a church con- context, uh, large church, mega church context, um, did, they didn't disappear. They didn't leave and go somewhere else. Although in both cases, if they did, they probably would have got much more lucrative um, jobs than if they'd stayed on. But what they did was they stayed on. They just had a different role. You know, and um, it's interesting what Jesus said, you know, if I uh, don't return to the father, the Holy Spirit will not come. Yeah. And so he understood there that his role was going to change because yeah. he was going to outwork his will through his successors who were far, far inferior to him as a man. <laughs> right yet he recognized and he promised them that you will do greater things than me why because i am returning to the father but i'm not leaving you no but there's a change here so now please don't misunderstand this is not a leader packing his bags and leaving and saying goodbye this is about a leader continuing to have a role of leading, guiding. And again, the Holy Spirit is absolutely the best example. He reminds us of you know what we've already been taught or what we already know, but often forget. He teaches us. He guides us. He acts as an advocate before the father. These are all words that come from practical situations in the world at the time that Uh, these um, scriptures were written and then translated later on. Uh, They're they're not spiritual concepts. An an advocate comes from the legal field. Teaching comes from the teaching field. Reminding is what parents do. You know, we remind our children what they already know, but our job is to remind them because they seem to forget a lot.
0: It's a sometimes, as you know, Paula is a constant reminder about that. So, really, this whole process brings a lot of peace because, from what we've discussed before, we've got a plan in place, we're actively looking for successes. Uh, the organization knows we talked about communication and with advanced notice, people know what's going on. So, when you've got other stakeholders, maybe investors or other partners, the organization, they know that there is a serious plan in place. Um, and even, even having the comfort of the, the successors staying around or the, the predecessors staying around gives a lot of comfort to people because they know, hey, we want to support the new person coming up and going in, but we know that his success, the predecessor is there to help them and guide them and lead them and to get through that, that period. So it does bring a lot of peace
1: yeah it does, and again, research um, has proven that, and a good example you know I think we've discussed this before, but is someone like Bill Gates, who until some of his non i guess workplace indiscretions, although they were at work, but not relating specifically to how the business was run, that's when he was removed but he before that, was recognized as having great input, um, ongoing input to his successors. But in his case, he'd pull back. Yes. He wasn't the front man anymore. Um, And the the thing I, I think, you know, what I found encouraging when I was doing this research, which in a sense was after the fact, you know, we'd already run projects in another country, and I, when I started writing the book and, and researching it, it was like, wow. So science actually proves that within a chaotic environment, if we are willing to take a chance and make sacrifices, and especially the sacrifice of leadership, we can see great things happen and order be brought out of a relatively chaotic situation. So for me, it was like, wow.
0: Yes. The light, bulb, the light bulb comes on more and more, and there's some backing for this. So, okay, Paul, let's get down some syntax. What's the practicality from today?
1: Yeah. The practicality for me is recognizing that the strange attractor, the thing that brings people together are those who are sacrificial? We don't re- we don't remember people who are not sacrificial. Let's be honest. You know they may stand out, and I use the analogy of the you know the peaking wave. Yes, of course, the big, huge white top wave uh, is spectacular, but it crashes. And if you've ever tried to ride a wave, it'll turn you over and smash you around and everything like that we might remember the bad experience but the reality is that's not what we remember we remember those who are willing to serve and sacrifice and continue to provide input over a longer term period they're the people we remember they're the strange attractors that bring people together Um, and even recent uh, recent uh, research uh, I think it's Renica from Regent University has found that the strange attractor that tends to bring people together and and really you know knit people together is that willingness to serve others and to sacrifice for others and so for me that's the practicality that I get out of it are we going to face chaotic situations yes what is it that's going to bring peace? What brings peace is the willingness to sacrifice. And especially in a leadership sense, the willingness to sacrifice leadership. That's what brings peace. They're the strange attractors. <coughs> but you need to bring attractors are things that come together, that, that, you know, that in some cases they touch each other. Um, that's, they're attracted. Um, you've got to get more than one. It's not talking about just one, but this is a generational thing of attractors. And so for me, the encouragement is in a chaotic situation, which we face, we're in hard lockdown now. We face chaotic situations. Have we got in place those attractors, as strange as they might be, um, that are going to help us to bring that peace that this verse talks about
0: yeah yeah no that's great and it, it's it's actually the difference between um like thinking about a situation we involved in at the moment the leader has uh, attracted people who can support his leadership not people he can put into to grow for the next generation to come and that's a um, um if i told him that he'd be aghast but it's it's when you step back and have a look it's all about people who support what his vision is what his dream is um, but it's but it's actually going to fall apart very quickly
1: and it's not a strange attraction as in no. we're not we're not bedazzled if you like or or inspired by that because we know exactly what it is it's not a strange attraction no (laughs) it's a logical attraction and that's the point i think that is really important that's made through here and you know people like francis bacon saw this i think it was um uh was it spurgeon i think who talks about the apostolic succession but you know it's through indignity that the greatest dignity comes yes that's not that's not the attraction that you're talking about no that's we're, we're not talking about that if there is any indignity it comes the followers are the ones that have the indignity yes. of having in a sense to bow to yes. the leader and that's that's great in the sense of that's logical that's exactly what jesus talked about he said you can't be like that that's what the world's like but you're not going to get the outcome that you want from that unless that's the outcome that you want. If you want an authoritarian outcome, go for it. Yes. You know, we know what that is, but it's not a strange attraction. We all know what that attraction is. A strange attraction is when you do something that seems completely illogical and yet people gravitate towards it because they've got this attraction to sacrifice.
0: So yeah, well, Paul, that's a great place to leave today on. Um, I want to encourage you that if you haven't uh, checked out Paul's book as yet, you can go to sacrificial succession.com and download it. It's available there. And please share this podcast with others as well. Well, Paul, I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, Wes. Have a great day.